Welcome to the Wild Woman's Guide to Motherhood, a space for open-minded and open-hearted discussions about birth and mothering. I'm your host, Mimi Tui. Hello to you wherever you are in the world today, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to share with you my first full-length podcast episode. This one's a pretty special one for me because I interviewed one of my dearest friends, Tanya, about her free birth of her second baby, Minka. I want to give you a little bit of information before we dive into the actual conversation, because there's a few things that Tanya mentions that um, I'd love to give some context to. She says that we met in a really magical way, which is true. Back when she had first started trying to get pregnant with Koa, I happened to be camping nearby with my husband and two of our good friends, um, one of whom is Colombian, and we went into her little tiny town in the backwoods of New South Wales, and as we were walking past the front of her house, her dog was running along the fence and was barking. And our Colombian friend, Pablo, started talking to the dog in Spanish. And she was sitting up on the veranda and she heard him and she was like, oh my gosh, come, come inside, you're Colombian, I'm Colombian too. And so she brought us into her garden and I, at that point, was just completing my doula training. And she was asking all of us what we do for work and everything. And then um, when I said that I was becoming a doula, she was just so floored because she had just spent the whole morning in a meditation retreat and she was asking for the support that she needed um, to to bring her baby into this world because she was trying to conceive and then I showed up on her doorstep and she was like oh this is it you're my doula and that was so special especially for me because I had been feeling really nervous about finding the clients that I needed to complete my doula training I had to support three births and had been having a bit of trouble just finding women that were willing to allow me or anyone into their births that didn't hadn't really been in that space before. And that morning I had spent some time in a nearby creek just floating and surrendering and just thinking, I trust that I'm going to be brought to the right women and um and allowing the universe to take me there. And then, of course, you know, that afternoon, I showed up on Tanya's doorstep and, and it was amazing. And then her birth was only the second birth that I had ever attended. I wanted to give a little bit of context to that because um, as she shares about that birth, you'll kind of understand that I wasn't able to support her or inform her at that point in the same way at all that I would be for women who I'm working with and supporting now. I've learned and grown so much um, in my knowledge around birth and my understanding of navigating the system and all of that from that point. So Yeah, this is really special because she was the second birth that I had ever attended, and she's my first full-length podcast episode guest, and one of my dearest friends, so that's pretty special. I did also want to say that I am not super happy with the recording quality of this episode. It's my first one, so, um, you know, please bear with me. I'm going to find some different software to record my next and future interviews because um, the one that I used, you'll notice that when Tanya and I were speaking at the same time, it kind of cuts out one of our voices or the other, and it can be a little bit hard to understand, but that doesn't happen too many times in the episode, so um, please bear with me. She has so much wisdom in her story of birthing her daughter Minka in her power at home, surrounded only by people that she truly wanted there. It's really special and really amazing and inspiring. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hello, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to have you on here today. Before we get started, do you want to just give a little introduction to yourself, to who you are and how you know me and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Um, so, so I'm Tanya Lanes. I'm from Colombia. Came to Australia like about 12 years ago. I'm a mom of two, Koa and Minka, and I live on the Northern Rivers in New South Wales. And I know Mimi because she was my doula for my first birth. And we connected in a beautiful, amazing, synchronistic way. And, um, yeah, that's how we know each other. And I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much, too. You're one of my dearest friends. Um, beautiful. So um, I guess just to start out, this is a question that I'm going to be asking all of the guests that I have on my podcast. Could you just feel into the question, what does it mean to you to be a wild woman and a wild mother? Uh, to be a wild woman and a wild mama for me is uh, really following your instincts uh, as a woman, as a mom, uh, as a sister, really going deep into your body, feeling your body, feeling your heart and acting based on that instead of uh, the conditioning or from society or from our families. Um, really following our hearts and basing our decisions on that, on our instincts, on our body, on the earth, on the connection with the earth as well. Uh, that gives us so much information of who we are. Um, yeah, that's what it means for me. I love that. Yeah, I think that you're really good at all of that. You, um, you do that. <laughs> so... I've asked you on today mainly to share about your most recent birth just a few weeks ago, your free birth of your baby girl, Minka. But um, obviously, your journey of motherhood began long before that. And I think that the story of Minka's birth needs a lot of context um, of everything that kind of came before. So can you just start for me with where you feel that your journey of motherhood really began? Um, all right. So I had Koa, he's three years old. Um, I had a conscious conception with Koa and it was a beautiful, magical conception. I, I was sure that I wanted to be a mom there. It took me a really long time. I wasn't really sure. And then I conceived him really easily. And during that magical time of three first months, I was so excited. I lost my mom. My mom died in Colombia suddenly. And that was like a huge, it was, it was pretty crazy because, uh, yeah, I had to deal with life and death in my face, like in a really strong way. I didn't have much time to actually prepare for Koa's birth and came back from Colombia after burying my mom and dealing with everything in Colombia to all right to prepare for birth in like a month, two months. Um, the birth wasn't really what I wanted. I didn't feel myself into that powerful woman that I am. I gave my power away a lot during that birth. And so Feeding into that mother season was very hard for me at the beginning with Koa's birth. I was dealing with a lot. So it took me a while to really feel I'm a mother. And, and it takes us a while. I, I look, like it's, it's a, it's a whole process, yeah, of going to ma from maiden to mother. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. Yeah. Uh, more time for some, less time for some. For me, it took, I really, I really think it took like a year and a half, two years. To really sit into that, okay, I'm a mother of this child. Thank you for. Uh, that. I think that there's a lot of mothers who experience something similar and feel really alone in that experience, and like there's something wrong with them. And I think that um, that you know it is quite normal, and that you sharing that helps to normalize that feeling that it takes a long time to really step into that role for some people yeah it's a it's a whole process it's a, the matrescence and the um yeah going from maiden to mother is is a whole is, is there years years of 
of in the making of this mother and really feeling into this mother season that I feel now I am is is very beautiful. It feels I feel it's very fitting and very very nice. But I feel that it all came together when I decided to have my second child and I felt I wanted to feel different that I wanted to do this for them that I wanted to be that example for them and that's when all that mother figure in me started sitting in and really consolidating in my heart and in my soul um it was then yeah yeah um I'd love for you to get just a little bit more detailed about your birth of Koa. And I think that there were some things that that didn't even become clear to you about that birth until you were in your next pregnancy and really doing that kind of deep work of diving back in and, and examining examining the experience. But um I'd love for you to kind of shed some light on that experience and what came up for you that you felt because right after the birth, you, you weren't, you weren't really disappointed in it. Like you really, um, you felt pretty good about it, but I think that that was more like you've shared with me that you feel that was more a coping mechanism. Yeah. More conditioning, I think. Or even like, yeah, like, yeah. And also coping. Yeah. Coping mechanisms for, for sure. Um, so yeah, so Koa, when, okay, so I came, I, w- I really wanted to hum- have a home birth, but because it's so hard to just organize a home birth in Australia, um, I decided to go with the, with the birth center because I didn't have the capacity, the mental capacity or energetic capacity to prepare for a home birth in such a short time after coming from Colombia. So decided to have a home birth and really trusted the system, really trusted the the midwives. And I felt they had all the um, best interest in me having my home natural birth. That I, for me, natural birth was like, I didn't even know. Like, you don't, I, yeah, I came into the birth space really trusting in everyone else but me and thinking that everyone else would help me finding that power sort of mm-hmm. and so so yeah uh the birth wasn't i was coerced into different things that i didn't want um even though i was doing pretty well like it, when i shut my eyes and i go inwards i can find that power pretty easily not easily but like i can find that power um but being in a space when you're being coerced and you're being asked uh, like to let's do this because time is running out and you can't be pushing for this long so what happened was I went to the birth center I was already very close very dilated which that's something that I didn't want a vaginal cervical check and they did it anyway. And in that space that I was, I accepted it. But then I realized I didn't want this. And I, I stated that. Um, so they checked and I was pretty there. Apparently, like I was eight centimeters dilated. So I was almost there. And then, um, jump in the pool, in the, in the bath and things slowed down quite a lot. Um, I felt. I felt very ungrounded in the world as well. I think I really needed the, the, the ground uh, and the gravity to help me, help me, help me during the birth. And they started asking me to break my waters because I've been pushing for too long. And they asked me for three times. I declined three times. And then at the fourth time, third time, I say, okay, yes, break the waters. The waters had meconium. So they took over my birth. 100% completely. They got me out of the bed, out of the bath, put me on a bed. And I started, uh, they started telling me, okay, they needed to transfer me to Tweet because this is a birth center. So they had to transfer me to a proper uh, hospital. And luckily I sort of, I said, no, I'm, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. Um, uh, and I kept pushing. They put me on my back. Which is the worst position. Koa was in a good position, wasn't in a good position. His head was tilted 
They should have put me on my force. They should have helped get some gravity going. All these things that I didn't know, of course. So I was trusting them that this is what I needed to be done. But I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere. That's something that I really knew. Um, so yeah, they put a, an ivy on me, like so many things that they completely took over my birth. Um, I kept pushing until like the baby wasn't coming. It was half an hour. The ambulance was there. It was waiting. It was so stressful. The baby apparently caused her rate was dropping. So they were concerned about that. That's what they, they needed to get him out. Um, and then they did an episiotomy and he came out. Like I was like in the last push, I was like, okay, they're like, we have to go now. I'm like, no, let me push one more time. I'm pushing this baby out. Mm. And I asked my angels, my mom, the ancestors, everyone to help me out. And poof, he came out after the episiotomy. Mm -hmm. So I failed after that birth that I was so strong because I didn't go to the birth center. Like fantasizing, like romanticizing this, oh, that I fought for, for my baby. Like it's like we, we shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be in this position of mm -hmm. like fighting with the system because of something that I want, of something that I feel is right for me and my baby. So at that moment, I felt proud of myself because I denied going to the birth center. But then... You mean to the hospital? To the hospital, sorry. Yeah. To the hospital. So then when I, I was planning for my birth with Minka, no, planning, no, when I was already uh, pregnant with Minka, I started to do a lot of work, spiritual work, to try to uh, prepare for this birth. But... Going back to my birth, going back, I, I did some courses from Jane Harwick Collins mm -hmm. and um, really going back to my menstruation, my sexual experiences and my birth. And I started realizing all the conditioning and all the things that I was just not coming together to accepting and, and seeing as a, as a, a tra the trauma that it was, because he was, and Koa was a, a traumatized baby. He cried a lot during his first months, like a lot. Um, and now I know it was from the birth. I can see it. I can feel it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's how, uh, that's how everything. Also, I think my, I had, I had so much, I have gone to, through so much during my pregnancy with Koa, losing my mom, that I think my body instinctually was like, you can't go into trauma now. Like, this mm -hmm. is survival now. So you're happy, you're good, and you're going to go through this, and you're going to realize you're traumatized later. <laughs> I yeah. feel that's, that's something like intelligence, nature intelligence was a little bit there that I didn't, I didn't take that birth as trauma as soon as it happened. I realized it way later. And it, it was pretty hard when it hit me. It was really hard. I just, I cried a lot. I confronted the midwives. I spoke to all my sisters, to Mimi, to everyone that was around that I could really debrief this birth mm -hmm. and realize how much of my power I gave away and decided this is not happening to me again. I have to take responsibility for, for my next birth if I want to have a different outcome. And I have to understand birth and I have to understand myself, my instincts, my baby. The communication needs to be stronger. And I started preparing and started the journey of preparing for Mika's birth. Tanya, that gave me chills. <laughs> it gave me chills too. <laughs> I said it with my heart. I really did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then let's, um, Let's talk about Minka's birth or what what kind of was your process for preparing for her birth and and when did you decide that you wanted to have a free birth? Um, yeah, take me through all of that. Okay, so so yeah, so I started doing as I say, I I, I went I found Jane Harwick Collins, she's an amazing woman. Uh, and I started doing one of her courses, the pregnancy, the inner journey. Um, 
I'll link to that in the show notes yes. to her. Um, because it was, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Everything she does, it was like, wow. Um, it was really what I needed. Um, uh, all right, my baby needs a feed. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so, so with Minka, uh, everything... I started going deep into what was what the birth with Koa taught me and what I needed, what was different for this birth. And the main thing was the power, giving away my power. So I started really working on that. Uh, so started doing little things like talking to the midwives and telling them what I actually felt and what I actually feel and um and what I think about the system and um and then yeah started doing meditations and really going inward talking to my baby and it was just really connecting with nature and with the cycles and and with my instincts which it was hard because sometimes I felt a lot of fear and and the condition in my mind to believe that, to think that birth is not risky, birth is a natural way, and uh, realizing that the conditions that we need for birth are comp- that, that that we need for birth for a physiological birth, that is what I actually wanted with Minka, um, is is not given in a hospital, and the only way to have that is to have it in the safest place. For you at home, or if that's a safe place for you, for some women it's not, but for me, home with the people I love, in darkness, in quiet, with, yeah, with everything that makes me feel safe. So mm-hmm. I started trying to find all that. Okay, what doesn't make me feel safe? Why actually wanting this birth? I, I, the safest place for me is always been by myself. Like, not safest, but like where I feel I, I love being alone. I love those moments of silence and being inwards and being in my own element without anyone looking at me or watching me, which it was in my first birth. There was a lot of people in the room. I was watched. I was like, of course, I wouldn't be able to, to let myself go. Um, so I realized I wanted to be really by myself. Um, uh, and then I started like, okay, what do I do? Do I get a midwife at the home? The birth center of where I, where I had COA the first time was supposed to have home birth program ready. So I started going with them just because I was like, okay, maybe I can go do a home birth with them. But then as I went into the preparing for birth for, I realized I didn't want them. I didn't want them in my space. I didn't want them to come and tell me anything. So, so I started thinking more and more, okay, am I, what am I, what am I going to do? So I started feeling more and more empowered of like, with all the things that I've read, all the birth stories and started feeling more and more, I can do this alone. This is, I don't need a midwife. I don't need anyone. I need the support of the people you need support 100% I feel that yeah some women might do it alone but for me in my case I needed support of my trusted people but mm. I wanted to do it on my own terms yes and with my own decisions in my space when I am the expert of my birth not someone else telling me what's happening um so so yeah, I started, I decided, okay, I'm having a, I'm having, I'm having a free birth. I'm having a birth at home on my own terms, my husband, and, and I had a few people around that were going to come and support me. I wasn't really sure at that moment who I wanted in the space at that, at that exact moment, but I knew I wanted to be alone and then they would come when I needed them. Yeah. And how, um, were the people in your life supportive of this decision? Like, was your husband on board right away or did you have to kind of get him on board? 
I uh, I started telling him, uh, uh, he's he's amazing. He's like, if that's what you want, I trust you. It's all good. We'll do it. I got you. I got you back. And and that was just such a relief. It was so I was scared actually of telling him, and uh, like a little bit hesitant. And then uh, when I said it, he's like, yeah, you know. Uh, it was a little scary because I had also like when the fears started creeping in because that that happens. I started just thinking, oh, what if the baby doesn't breathe? What if this? What if I bleed too much? Or what if this and that? And so I sent him videos of resuscitating a newborn and things like that. And that's when it started getting like a little scary. It was, it was, it was like, but I was like, okay, if I'm taking responsibility of this, you have to take care of responsibility of there is death and life happens. And the possibility of death and the possibility is there. It happens, the, the possibility is here or in the hospital. And because I'm not having anyone else to, to come in, come an expert in, um, in quotes to come and resuscitate my baby. I have to learn it myself in case I have to have to, in case I have to do it. Even though I think that happens instinctually as well. The mama will know how to, what to do in those cases, but I wanted to be prepared. That was my approach to it. I really wanted to know every single detail and what to do in every single situation. Which I know you can really prepare for everything, but that's what I was trying to do. And that's when a little bit of a lot of my fears came out when I was trying to control everything. And there was a moment when I said, that's it. I can't control everything. I have read enough. I have done enough. I'm going to trust the universe, the, the innate intelligence of my body and my baby. And that's it. And I stopped breathing. That was maybe. Four weeks before the baby was born, I'll say, or three weeks before the baby was born, that it was like I was in crippling fear. I kept going with the birth center uh, because my iron is always has always played out quite a lot, so I really wanted to keep a track on that. So I mainly feel, yeah, my iron levels. So I just yeah. wanted to keep having um, checkups with that. Um, the and then uh, did you tell them that you were having a free birth no. or they had no idea no they had no idea I did plan to tell them but then when my fears really crept in I I was I said I remember I spoke to you as well and you said like Tanya if you feel that you you can't do it at home, then you go to the birth center. So that's why I was like, all right, yes, it's true. I can keep the birth center there. And and if the day comes and I don't feel that I shouldn't be doing this or whatever, like I don't feel confident in myself, which it didn't happen, of course, mm-hmm. um, I'll go there. So that gave me a little bit of, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, having them there, knowing that they were there, was a little it was good for me yeah it made me feel safe and it gave you a backup plan and peace of mind and exactly yes yeah I I mean I always say I'm not I'm not opposed to you know medical care and hospitals and all of that when it's needed or when the mum feels that it's necessary and so you know having that relationship and that ability to call on that if you felt in the moment like that was what you needed I think it makes sense to me that that would have been reassuring to you and then also given you the confidence to you know allow yourself to make those decisions in the moment and just follow your intuition exactly and the biggest reason for all those fears as well is because I live 45 minutes from the hospital so if I had the hospital right next to me, I probably I wouldn't have I wouldn't have cared to have the birth center and the midwives. But because I was so far away, I was like, yeah. But anyway, I didn't need the money, and that was a that was a really good thing. Mm. Yeah. So okay, take me to the day. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So and I'll be having, oh, I'm so excited. You didn't know that she was a girl either, even though. No. We all had a feeling, but so yeah, 
I had the feeling so strongly that it was a girl, but I didn't want to believe it. I was like, I don't know. With my when my mom died, I really wanted a girl with Koa, and he was a boy, and it was it was hard. I had I had a little bit of, a, of grieving. That that was a, a strong grieving process for me. So I didn't want to feel that again. And so I was like, no, everything that, like, yeah, trying, really trying in my mind, like, oh, everything is beautiful, which I knew it would be if it was a boy. But it was a beautiful surprise to have a girl. So, yeah, so that I had period pains for about two weeks. I was about 39 weeks and 39 weeks or something. Uh, and I've been having, like, strong period pains at night for about two weeks so I knew it was coming and every day I, I was sure she was gonna come on the new moon I'm like ah yeah it's gonna be a new moon baby and the new moon came and nothing the strong pains were there every day and nothing so I woke up that like for two days after the new moon or some uh, yeah two days after the new moon I woke up like ah, like angry like really like fed up a little bit. I was very big. I was huge. And even thought I, for a moment, I thought I was having twins. <laughs> I did a scan. That's why I did a scan because I was, I, I'm having twins. This is so big. And yeah, I didn't want a twin pre-birth, surprise pre-birth. Thank like, you. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when, uh, when you have a scan? I had a scan, the 20 week scan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, uh, so yeah, it was just one, so that was good. But then, okay, I was so I was really, really big and really tired. So I went like that morning. I was like, okay, I'm going for a long walk. I'm like, I was, I was angry. I was like, really. Um, and five minutes in the walk, I felt, I felt, I felt the first contraction, really mild. But I was like, ah, this is an actual contraction, and it came and when every three to four minutes started to so I went for that long walk and came back home and I was like Jake I think I think something is happening so he we started cleaning the house I've been having having the the house clean for the last two weeks every day vacuuming and keeping everything super uh, immaculate and when I, when the, the contractions started to actually get the surges started like getting really like real, I was like, okay, call your mom because his, his mom was going to come and stay with my, with my son. And she lives two hours away. So I called, I told him, call your mom now. And because this is, this is it. So I went into the bathroom, had a shower. Uh, and dressed for birth. I look at myself in the mirror. I flat my head into, in two sides and just pull my warrior clothes on and my whole body and strength. I was like, all right, this is the day. Dressed ceremonially for me. It was like a ceremony, this, this birth and started preparing my birth space, um, put my birth altar, got everything that, that things that I've been working on during this whole preparation. Uh, my candles and my crystals and the elements and the pictures of my ancestors, the pictures that I've painted. Um, that morning, it was very crazy because there is a snake that lives in a room and, you know, sorry, in a roof. And she comes and goes and she always comes in beautiful moments and uh, like very special spiritual moments for me. And I, I went outside to see if I could see her and she wasn't there. But then in another spot, there was another snake, a little baby one, a baby snake. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. I was like, ah, oh. and I've never seen her after or before a baby snake. So that was kind of like a premonition. That was before like my contractions really started so I, when I saw that snake I was like this is the day yeah. and so I put the birth space that I like we put we laid some things on the carpet light laid the fire we put the fire on and um Koa and Jake came and sat with me and we smudged the whole place we smoked the whole place and 
got uh, some some oracle cards out and we got the drumming going like a little bit of the medicine medicine drum and we had the most beautiful moment jake koa and i just the three of us or last moment as a family of three it was just so i'm gonna treasure that moment forever it was just playing and and laughing and while all this is happening i'm like um i'm i'm having surges and in the surges there i still can talk and everything but koa comes and like drops my back and tell me beautiful things and i'm like oh my god so beautiful like he knew it was happening koa really knew it. he said the most amazing instinctual things that i was like wow what where did this come from he just he was really connected that morning until he started, my son started getting a little too crazy for my my um, labor liking. Mm. And um, I kicked them out of the house. I was like, go to the garden. Yeah, I was giving Minka back to Jake. I just gave her a feed. And um, I heard so, her. Sweet me. <laughs> And and then yeah, so I told them no, you guys get out. I need to be alone. So they went to the garden. My mother-in-law arrived, and then yeah, the actual labor, really strong labor started. When as soon as they left, I was like, wow, okay, very powerful. But I was so like, I put my music, my all the music that connected me to myself, and my birth, and my ancestors, and my mother, and the earth. I danced, I walked, I moaned, I screamed, I cried, I laughed, everything that I, you can imagine I did during that time by myself. It was so beautiful. I had the most beautiful time by myself. Um, I love imagining you alone in your house with your music and just feeling everything and being oh. wild in your labor. Oh, it just makes me so happy. Oh, it was, it was that, like, it was exactly that, just really being into this space, like, really being into the portal and, like, welcoming and saying, yes, I want to be here, um, thank you, life and, and magic and universe for having me in this position right now. I really felt it, I really lived it, um, and... So, yeah, I started feeling, really feeling it and talking to my baby, asking her to come down. And every, and every search, I would really open my hips and, and, and move them around and ask the baby to come down. Baby, come down. Slowly come down. I'm re, I'm here, ready to meet you. Um, and in one of them, I started just feeling it like it was a lot. That the, yeah, the feeling and the energy was a lot for myself to be alone, to be there. So I called Jake, my husband. I was like, okay, come, come upstairs. He came and sat there. I knew exactly what I needed him to do. So I was like, he was kind of holding around. I was like, no, you come sit here. Like I, I was so secure, like in my power completely my power and I knew what I needed mm. um, and as soon as he came sat down I my waters broke um, and uh, so it's to help me taking my clothes off I still have my clothes on um, and I had a little stool in front of me and I was like leaning on it onto it in on every on every search and yeah the the energy and the power started getting stronger and stronger and bigger and I was at this point like I was vocalizing a lot I I read some I had I had just one mantra one one yeah one affirmation and it was um uh, I I died to be reborn I died to be reborn and I kept telling that to myself for for some reason life and death for me are very important and very intertwined and I feel like yeah there is is something that it really gets my heart going and mm -hmm. so that's the only affirmation I had and it, I, I heard it in a podcast I think it was and it really got me and and then 
so then when the big surges came, I would just say that I'll, I died to be reborn because it was just like letting everything go to, to come back. And that's how it felt. Every search felt, felt, felt like that. And so I would lean onto the little stool and, uh, I knew I wanted, I've always wanted to catch, to, to grab my, catch the baby. Um, to receive the baby myself, but I, I, I didn't know. I, I knew that the best position is kind of the, the knee on the floor and the, and the foot on the, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the knee yeah, and like feeling on one knee with your other foot, like on the ground kind of. Um, I, I didn't think about it during the, during the labor. But that's how I was. I was, uh, I, this, uh, instinctually, I sat on that position. So then, uh, my husband had to clean my bum, <laughs> which happens, <laughs> which is something, it's, a, it's pretty funny and like weird, like intimacy to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, that for me too when I was birthing poo, <laughs> wiping away the poo. <laughs> I was like, clean me now. And you know, it's true picture. love. It's true love. That's it. Uh, in the, he's at the, in the pictures, he's at the back, always waiting, catching, <laughs> trying to catch poor old baby. <laughs> Whatever comes out. Whatever comes out. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so Jane was part of the, of the birth at the back, waiting, uh, to clean. And, uh, uh, and then I start, I didn't think I was going to be one of those women that go and touch themselves. But I, I did it instinctually when I started feeling that, wow, it was just so much. I went, I went and touched nothing. I couldn't feel anything. And then in the next one, I could feel a little opening and I felt her head like a little walnut, like really wrinkly. Yeah. And it's weird how wrinkly it feels. Hey. It's crazy. It's crazy. I didn't Not at all, but you expect a baby's head to feel no. like. Not at all. Exactly. The bones are overlapping <laughs> and the skin is all like wrinkled up and <gasps> Yes, yes. So when that happened, I was like, wow, like I said I, I went silent. That I think I watched the video the other day and during the whole time I'm I'm being very vocal vocal because I've read as well that the 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 voc voc being vocal it's like opens more your cervix. So I was, I, but it was instinctual or anything. I wasn't just thinking of all the things that I read, but I was being super vo- vocal and it's all, it sounded like a whale. I sounded like a whale. It's unbelievable the sounds. I've never heard myself doing any of those sounds in my life. It's really like, wow. I love them. I love hearing myself today. Oh, I love that. And then when, when she was crowning, when the, when she was opening and it was almost there, I went silent. I didn't say a word after that. No sound whatsoever. Um, so in the next one, pop, her head came out. I had the slimiest thing in the world. Well, like the, again, like something that you never, like you never, you don't think that a baby's head gonna feel like that. I could feel her ear, so I could touch her there, and I can do this whole time. I'm telling her, baby, slow, go slow, Tanya, breathe, breathe. And I was, there was a few songs that were very important during the preparation, and one of them, this song was, it, it was called Respira, Breathe. And it's, uh, that song came out, I'm telling myself, Tanya, breathe, breathe, respira, respira, bang, and that song comes down. Ah, and I'm like, oh, you're kidding me, universe. This is just so perfect. And, um, so yeah, the song helped me, like, really breathing. I didn't want to push. Uh, I wanted my body to, to, to bring the baby out. So I was really breathing, trying not to push. Um, and, yeah, letting my body do its own thing and my baby do its own thing. So the baby, I kept telling her, please go slow, go, go, go slow, slow down because I felt it was really, it was coming too fast. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, but the head came out. And then I didn't know. I knew that after the birth for, for the pictures. But the head came out and the arm, she came, her, her, her little hand came right after. Like um, superwoman. Like superwoman. <laughs> Women power! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then in the next one, I knew she was coming in the next one. I knew it. I knew it. So I kept breathing, waiting, very patiently, very confident. I was so confident. Those pictures, I just, I can't believe how confident I look. I, it's just, I was in com- my complete element, in my complete trust, in, uh, in zero doubts, just so beautiful. And then, <laughs> then the next one, she came out, like it comes so fast. Everything is just, she comes out and poof, I put her on my chest and checking you her, her straight right? away. You reached out? Her, yes. Yeah. I reached out and called her, yeah. I think she came, she touched a little bit the floor maybe, uh, but not, not so much. I knew she was coming, but it's like, it's the position, yeah? Yeah. That it is, is, yeah. And then, yeah, she comes to my chest and she's covered in blood. I started cleaning her, her, um, I had a, I, I forgot to mention, I had two friends come, came over to one took the pictures and the other one, is she's been on many births before so she was kind of my wise woman um uh, supporting me she didn't have to do anything but uh, but i wanted her there mm-hmm. uh so they arrived a little bit after my words broke and they are just there they're just witnessing um and she i didn't i didn't notice that actually she came out with the head really full of blood. I was cleaning her. She cried straight away. And, uh, my friend noticed that the cord was around her neck. I didn't notice that. So we unwrapped her really calmly and easily. And then she cried even more. And so she was crying with the cord around her neck. She was already crying. She was already crying. Yes. Yeah. But not as hard. She cried a lot harder when the cord was unwrapped mm. so she did a couple of few cries but i didn't uh, i was actually glad that she like she noticed that and uh, we did it it was two seconds of course it wasn't it wasn't yeah. long before i would have noticed it yeah <laughs> um yeah. but but yeah she was the one who pointed out and uh then i didn't know it was a girl and i didn't even care if she came out i was like oh my god baby and my husband came and he's like, did you see what it is? And I'm like, he knew, but he wasn't completely sure. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And we looked and he's a girl. I was like, no, he's a girl. Oh my God. And I cried and cried. And in, in straight, straight away, my first thought was Koa. Where is Koa? So I was, had gone to the park because he could hear me screaming, like, yeah, um, vocalizing. And he was like, oh, let's go to the park. <laughs> At the <laughs> beginning, he really wanted to be in the bear. But then, I don't know, he changed his mind, like maybe a month before the birth. And I was like, okay, I honor that. It's all good. Um, but as soon as he came, like he went to the park. So one of my friends ran to the park that is really close. And they, they came back five minutes later. It was so beautiful. I didn't know this either. And I, as I watched the video, Koa come, comes to the room and I'm still in the same position. Like I haven't moved from where I, where I received the baby. And Koa comes and like, Mama, he grabs my face, Mimi, and says, Mama, you did it. You did it. And after that, we, he said, we told him, he said, girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. And he's screaming and jumping. It's a girl. He was so happy. He knew all along it was a girl. He yeah, told he me from day first. Your whole pregnancy, right? Whole pregnancy, he said. It was a girl. And I was doubting it. I was like, I don't know. I want him to be right, but oh. <laughs> he yeah. knew the whole way that it was a girl. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then my, oh no, then, my placenta came maybe five, nine minutes after, exactly nine minutes after. And I felt a big gush of blood. 
huge. Like I was, it was trickling blood and that was one of my fears. And he came out, of course, he had to. And I was like really trickling blood and I was uncomfortable with the amount that I was losing. I had prepared myself with some tinctures. So I had tinctures for releasing the placenta, tinctures for bleeding mm-hmm. and for uh, after after pains. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking the tincture for the bleeding as soon as as soon as the placenta came out and the the bleeding wasn't really stopping. So I went in the shower, I gave I breastfed Minka and it was still like going too much for my liking. Uh so I started getting a little not, not like, about it. Not like gushing but like like running trickling. trickling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it wouldn't stop. It was just like continuous. So, so yeah, I started getting a little nervous about it. Uh, we called the birth center then, and we told them. I was like, "Oh, the baby came. It was so fast. Sorry, it was an accident." <laughs> but then Jake told them, like, "Yeah, she's she's bleeding." They're like, "Oh, she has to come in." Um, and I'm like, oh God, no, no, I don't want to go into the hospital right now. I really don't. Uh, I was like, they, I know the other resort is cutting a piece of the placenta, putting it in, in your cheek. Mm. Uh, so that was, that was the last thing that the, the next thing that I was going to do. But I was like, no, wait, I'm going to go in the shower, clean myself again, see them breastfeed my baby again. If no, we cut a, ch- a piece of the placenta, and if it doesn't stop, then I go. And were you I, feeling like dizzy or nauseous or unwell through any of that? No, that's why there was a moment where I felt a little weird, and I'm like, oh, that's when I was like, oh, mama, I will have to go. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to sit down, eat something as well. I ate some beautiful dates that my friend brought, and chocolate, and and bone broth. And, um, so yes, trying to keep my energy levels up because it could have been that. Um, and as soon as I did that, I started feeling better. So I was like, no, I feel fine. So I'm going to keep trying everything. If I don't feel fine, I'll let you guys know. Jake was at that, at that stage, Jake think Jake was a little bit, um, anxious and he wanted me to go in. Uh, but I was like, no, wait, I'm feeling fine. I kept kept being in, in charge of the situation, which I really liked. Mm. Uh, and then that's it. Then as soon as I, she properly started feeding, the bleeding slowed down. So I didn't have to go in. And I was like, yes! Good. <laughs> and you've, when you've birthed your baby at home and you yeah feel good, the last thing you want to do is, you know, get in the car and head somewhere. And especially the, the last Or when you could just you know curl up in bed and snuggle your baby and and everything hey that was the most delicious thing ever jumping in bed with my family I was like I couldn't sleep from being so excited and so happy um I do have to say that the next day I did go in because I wasn't sure I she came out with the hand so she tore me yeah and the pain was really really strong and I wasn't sure. I didn't feel that pain with Koa. So I was thinking that I had told really bad. Like really a big, yeah, like really bad. I couldn't wee. It was really hard. And, um, so I was, I was a little nervous about that. So I went in to let them, let them see, like to see how much I have told. I had two graces right next to the urethra. Mm-hmm. They were very stingy. Stingy. So stingy. Yeah. Yeah. And and a one degree tear, so I didn't even need stitches or anything. But I did go the next day. I I ended yeah. up going the next day. So yeah, as you said, the medical system has its place and its purpose. And um, yeah, what and is I'm not against thing it, that you yeah. had it there that you could access it when you felt like you needed that extra support, you know? And that yeah. um, I wish that the medical system was more comfortable being used that way because you know, like if we could just go when we felt like we needed it and, and, um, you know, get that support. And there are definitely times when, when it's necessary in birth, but it's mostly not, (laughs) 
um, then that, you know, that's ideal. And that's when you are really in your power and you know what you want and you are, um, you know, happy to go in and decline what you don't want and, and ask for what you do want, then, then it can be really good as well. You know, sounds like that's what you did. That's it. <laughs> yeah and minka is perfect hey and you yeah. guys going really well. how has your postpartum been this time uh it's been i've been very supported which has been so beautiful like the real community the real village of mamas have shown up for me and oh wow that just is amazing um it's been a hard postpartum gonna say uh it was the first two weeks were really hard i you forget how hard this bottom is the, um, like the sleep deprivation and no the my body the body, body felt very tender very sore very wow yeah um yeah. but but yeah that's it like it's part of it and that's why you need the village just why you need to be able to honor that and lay down and not do much and which is hard in this society you feel guilty or you feel like you need to be doing things and um so i've been i've been i've struggled with that like letting go of that oh i need to get up and do things um but honor that my body needs rest and my body and my baby needs that connection um but it was it was hard on my body especially but baby uh luckily i had a, this baby's really like he sleeps really well because we haven't had but much like haven't been sleep deprived at all which is crazy because with koa was like we seriously didn't sleep for the first two years and i'm not joking i didn't sleep for two years yeah, um i remember that so, so it was really oh my god i was like thank you that <laughs> this baby is such an easy going and I attribute this to the birth I really do she's so, such a peaceful soul she's very peaceful I know every baby's different and some babies cry more than other ones but this baby's like she's very chill she's very chill so I'm very grateful for that mm. I know it can change anytime soon <laughs> yeah I'm enjoying it while it lasts yeah um, that's so good but yeah, apart from that, um, it's been beautiful. I mean, still in my baby bubble, really loving my baby. I feel like even more than when, like, those first few weeks were like, I feel, I feel very connected to her, very connected. That's um, amazing. And how old is she now? She's four weeks. Mmm, four week Minka. Four weeks Minka, yeah. Yeah, and she's absolutely just perfect. She is. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm so happy That's, for you. The hardest part as well has been the relationship, like the the change for Koa. It's been hard. And that's, um, wow, that transition is really, really hard. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's been hard. But we'll, yeah. we'll get through it. Yeah, we'll adapt. How is but he? How's he reacting? What's he? He is very angry at me, more than oh, anyone okay. else at me. So he's mm-hmm. hitting me. He's telling me horrible things. Well, horrible things. No things that two, three-year-olds say. Go away, mama! I don't want you. Which is in my postpartum tenderness. <laughs> it's hard to take. Yeah. Um, but I really try really hard not to. This is not personal. He's going into something huge. I gotta be the bigger adult. Sometimes I'm not. I have to accept. Sometimes I get, I cave into the ego and I cave into the self pity. And sometimes I am, I'm there for him and sometimes I can't. And so it's been a struggle for all of us. Um, where are we going? Yeah, we're learning. Um, you're birthing the new formation of your family still yeah. Yeah. yes let's see how we go but no he loves his sister he loves her so much like he his anger is towards me and know her it's all mm-hmm. towards me just me it's amazing it's like of course he's, I'm his closest person ever and 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And now he has to share you. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, it's all good. We are, we're happy. It's, it's all progress and we're really happy. We're like, yeah, the love in our hearts is, is really big at the moment. I love it. Oh, amazing. I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much for sharing your story here and thank you. Your motherhood journey. Um, before we finish up, I was wondering if you have any sort of advice or words of wisdom for other mothers who are walking this path of wild motherhood. Um, all right. Just your heart, just listen to your heart, really get quiet and working on yourself, work on yourself as a mama. Like, is they are, they are, um, a mirror or of our traumas, of our triggers, of anything that is unhealed in us. So I would say, Take the time for yourself and really work on yourself in the times that you don't have your child, your children around. Um, because we need that. And we sometimes don't give ourselves that being mamas. We, we want to, we think that we need to, we have to be there for them all the time. But I think we need to really find more time to be with ourselves, to be able to be better mamas. And, and tap into that instinct that makes us, um, that knows better. So yeah, I, I think that would be my advice to get quiet, get in tune with yourself, your body and nature. And that, in, that is going to be a straightforward and better mama to show up better for your children. Mm, I love that advice. That's beautiful. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tanya, for joining me today. Thank you for doing this. This is a beautiful work and I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. Thank you for having me.